Come on, Becca. Best <laughs> <laughs> special guest star. Yeah, we're going to leave that in. Yeah, leave yeah. that Becca in. Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? This is the Where It Went podcast, where we are dissecting the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. And this episode is number, well, not episode 26, but Revelation Records catalog number 26. Jason, why don't you tell the people what we're talking about today? Today we're talking about Into Another's EP, the creepy EP. Extended play. That's a funny play on words. And there's been some discussion uh, in some of the musical groups uh, that I'm in Facebook on in on Facebook recently about what constitutes an album, an LP, an EP. You know what I mean? Like, so this is four songs. That's typically not uh, like a. F- and it's not an album. Well, but, unless it's uh, next time's guest. <laughs> then four songs point, is an album. Point. Then it's well, a double LP. That's true. Yeah, then it's a, t- a double twelve inch. Uh, I think it depends on a, on a bunch of factors. Like yeah, it's time running to, running time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, but the creepy EP is what twenty minutes, and then the self titled yeah, LP is thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, I mean, I I actually really appreciate a four song twelve inch. Same. Um, I think that this would have been cool if it was one-sided. I'm super lazy and I hate, I fucking hate flipping over seven inches, man. It's like prevented me from buying seven inches in recent memory. Um, And like I've said before on the show, I also sometimes hate the double 12 inch because there's just, again, there's too much flipping. It'd be different if it was two 12 inches that were like 30 minutes each side. You know what I yes. mean? But it's not you, like You know what anymore. you sound like? What? Tell me. Entitled. Uh, I am entitled <laughs> to 30 minutes of music per side of You're the 12 inch. Okay. So, I mean, I, I've used this before, like the Smiths, right? Meet is Murder, Rank. Those are proper albums and you get a shitload of music per side, Correct. Well, I mean, a lot of albums are like that, but keep in mind, we're dealing right now with predominantly hardcore where I, unless it's a discography, you know, an average hardcore full length is probably like 12 minutes. Like Jason, the Count Me Out permanent album, you know, one of the Count Me Out favorites. Permanent EP is like, (laughs) I mean, how long, how long is per, I'm going to look it up now, but I think it's less than 30 minutes. I know it's the full thing. It's definitely less than 30 minutes, but I'm lazy. It might even be, (laughs) you know, you know, what's interesting about hardcore too. Okay. So I've talked to you ready. Hold on. Let me cut me off. Permanent 20 minutes and 15 seconds. So that 20 minutes, (laughs) 10 minutes per side, but like, yeah, the Smiths double seven inch. REM or something, you're going to get a full, you know, an album's 45 minutes, you're going to get 22 and a half minutes per side. Well, and, and, you know, I've talked before how I'm a huge Block Party fan. Uh, A Weekend in the City, Block Party's second album, they had a full albums full of like B-sides and extra tracks, bonus tracks. They had like UK bonus track, iTunes pre-order bonus track, Best Buy bonus track. And hardcore is not like that. 
Like Into Another probably had four songs. You know, it's not like they had this like, oh, let's, we have 10 extra songs right now. We're going to record four of them. It was probably like, oh, we wrote four more songs. Let's fucking record them right now. Same with Permanent. Did you guys have like a bunch of extra songs floating around for Permanent? Or you're just no. like, hey, we wrote an album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we did too. One off. We would just have however many, like, okay, we wrote, like when we had the, the EP, we have six songs. We're good. Yeah, there was. It used to be actually. ten songs was the standard. Now I think that even seven songs is, the, is okay for an LP. I think ten songs is perfect record. And okay. how many times has the third, the second or third track been the best track on the album? Oh, many. So that's many. a that's a Bob Mould. Um, he Who? consciously does that. Bob Mould, shut the. Fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 that was he, serious. That, that was, was real <laughs> anger. <laughs> he, he consciously puts always the third track as like the the highlight. Like he's the done it ever track? since. Yeah. So like, if you look at Flip Your Wig, it has uh, makes no sense at all. Okay. Sugar has uh, changes was like the hit. Um, but even his new records, the first single is almost always the third track. I listened to Sugar once. Stop. In my car. <laughs> <laughs> Just to check it out. Just to check it out. Uh, because because it came it came up on like uh, You Don't Know Mojack podcast. And I was like, oh, what's this band sound like? And then I found out. You don't like it? No, I did not like it at all. It wasn't for oh. me. I'm kind of anyway, surprised. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I would I'm see you liking surprised. that and not Husker Du. Husker don't. But you know like what? It. We will say we will save that for something. <laughs> we'll save that for something to do. Yeah, I'd that's gonna be a to bonus the episode. Minute men than anything men mentioned here. Damn. Um, so I guess. Do you think it's probably time yeah. to do a quick? That's yeah, a good time to. Bo Revelation Records fans, this is Joe from Hellminded Records, and I'm about to drop some info on some of our more recent releases, including the return of New Jersey hardcore legends No Escape, Massachusetts melodic punks Owe oh, the Humanity, and South Philly Thrashers Honey. Kicking things off, we have the crushing new six-song 12-inch EP by seminal New Jersey hardcore unit No Escape, featuring Tim Singer of Dead Guy, Kissing Goodbye and Bitter Branches, and Stephen Cordello of Turning Point. The first pressing is sold out on the Hellminded website, but you can still grab the few remaining copies at Rev HQ on exclusive yellow vinyl. Next up is the Hell-Minded self-titled debut LP by Massachusetts Melodic Quintet, Oh the Humanity. This 11-song shredder is for fans of Strike Anywhere, A Wilhelm Scream, and Propagandi. Dropping April 16th, this high-speed shredder is now available for pre-order on our website in multiple color variants. And finally, coming late May, we have the long-awaited debut LP by South Philly crossover thrashers, Honey. Featuring Jay Laughlin of Turning Point and Godspeed on guitar and vocals, this is for fans of Power Trip, Mind Force, and Iron Reagan. Pre-orders open late April. We've got a ton more in store for 2021. Stay tuned to our Instagram at Hellminded Records for more info on future releases, and use the code Where It Went on our website for 10% savings on your next order. Yeah. All right. So that okay. was uh. An, another um, ad from our friends at Hellminded Records. Some cool stuff coming up, as you could hear in the commercial. There's a code to use that can get you 10% off your order. And the One Up discography 
is actually being mastered as we speak. Jason uh, finalized, did a really killer layout. Where is it getting mastered? Um, at uh, Len Carmichael. Is oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I forget the name of his studio. I should do my homework. Yeah, do your homework. Um, do your homework, but okay. Which little little bit Land, of to, Landmine? Today, Landmine. Landmine. Studios? That's yeah. it. Today, I watch, a, I, watch a, I watch a lot of Hate Five Six, so subliminally it stuck into my head. Um, so today, uh, even though by the time this airs, it's a, so today is actually speaking of do your homework. It's uh, our friend Sammy Siegler's birthday today. Bit of Bo, Sam Siegler. Yeah, so Bit of Bo, it's a good one. Um, and I don't know. Do you guys have anything else? Not this episode. Uh, we got some stuff cooking. Uh, I was going to surprise you, but you guys have something in the mail currently that uh, we'll talk about on an upcoming episode. So watch out for your mailbox. Ooh, nice. Watch nice. out for your mailbox. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I guess yep. I want to give a quick bit of bow to the guy that recognized me at the co-op yesterday. Bit of bow. Um, from the podcast. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I, I, don't, I, I felt like a, a true celebrity. Like now I know how like Michael Jackson felt. Yeah, you're fucking famous, dude. Yeah. Like it's tough. It is. It's. It's. It can take its toll, but we'll. I'll be able to adjust. Good. All right. Well, uh, this. If we don't have anything else to uh, bid a bow right now, Jason, you good? Bid a bow to everyone that shared and comments and tells their friends about the latest episodes. We were tagged a bunch in the Far Side episode, so that was cool to see. Mm-hmm. So thanks to everybody that's helping spread the word. Mm-hmm. Thanks to all the patrons. It's been interesting. RIP. It's been interesting to see how our, I don't want to say our listenership has changed, but it's, it's changing a little bit. Like we're getting the difference. We're getting new listeners. Some listeners maybe are not interested in the subject matter. SpongeBob meme. I'm out. (laughs) I'm a head out. (laughs) All right. I'm a head out. Whoa, you guys are in the nineties. Once we we got past like a rev 15. All right. I'm going to head out. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Um, so this episode, the creepy EP interview, it's literally a continuation of our conversation for into another self-titled, um, I had to like creatively edit it because we just kept talking and we're just like, all right, we're talking about creepy EP now. It wasn't like a, uh, a conscious thing. It just flowed into the next record. So what you hear today, hopefully will literally be faded out from one episode and faded into the i'll see how seamlessly i can do that seamless 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 (laughs) good job with editing as always yeah thanks all right so let's jump in episode 26 creepy eepy and toppling the sexist status quo i'll be damned a big thing uh, certainly on all parts and Ooh, then there's gonna be EP man that thing was uh that thing was very difficult to uh 
cool cover. Um, but we were in the middle of touring all the time and we had to go do this record when we went out to see Jordan uh, halfway through the tour. We got to his place in California. We crashed for like a day and then we had to start recording this this record, uh, this EP. And, and those songs were really complex. That was a difficult recording session. So this is, was, uh, that was four days I think we had, right? Four days, exactly. It was yeah, and, and we were writing and rehearsing at sound checks. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. We were and and we in, in various venues, like yeah, with bad monitors or no monitors. Yeah, and, and one of those songs was a beast called "Absolute Zero. <laughs> that that I actually was sick with like a, like a fever of like hundred and three. I was so fucking sick, and we had to do that song front to back, full take. Every one of the takes. Oh we wow. Did. I think yeah. we did like five or six takes and we chose one. Um, but that's a full take, like straight through. And the guitar the guitar and the drums are both from that live take. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I was I was completely in another world. I was like sweating. I was just like, I felt, I don't know what, what I some flu. And, and I remember just trying to do that, like get through one of those songs. And every time I finish, I just want to lie on the floor. But there's something that's... I, I, I like about that tune and that it has a real like uh, transcendent quality as well in terms of getting through that song and from where it starts and getting through that jam and everything that everyone in the band does during that sort of like experimental, you know, jam period is cool. Yeah. That song is a journey and it has a lot of double kick. Mm-hmm. So, t- so that was like basically the whole way running a marathon while you're sick. That's gnarly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just. It also has a lot of astronomy. Just throwing that in. Yeah, a lot of astronomy. Quasars yeah. and stars, all and stars, meteors, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Did I throw? Did I throw red dwarfs in there? I might have. I don't <laughs> know. Nebula, comets, comets, tails. <laughs> yeah. Black holes. <laughs> okay, yeah. so oh, yeah, creepy EP is only a year later. It comes out '92, so it's one year later. So you basically wrote the whole thing on the road came out here to California, correct? And started yeah. recording this thing. And did you know right away that it was just going to be these four songs? I think so. Yeah, I think we knew it was going to be an EP. We uh-huh. knew we didn't have that much time to do it. Uh, there was, I, I don't think we had planned, like, you know, about, oh, we're going to go to this studio in particular because we, we just, like, that studio is available. And we went, we had, like, we had a day for, like Peter was saying, I think for each song. And then, Rich, did you do your vocals back in New York when it was done or something? Yeah, I right? did. Yeah. At a, I think it was, at a similarly, uh, yeah. At Campo yeah, it was Cultural a, Center? Yeah. That, that, yes. That yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it, the California studio was owned by Brett Gerwitz? Is yeah, West right? Beach. West Beach, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, we weren't that familiar, but there was some fun stuff like doing without a medium and having Peter do like nine different guitar overlays at the end. It was amazing to listen to. That was fun. Yeah, yeah we uh, I, I kept trying to get a nice guitar solo for the end there, and I didn't realize that the engineer had been saving uh, each of them. I thought I was just doing takes. And, and after a while, uh, he was like, why don't you come in and listen? And so we, we sat down and uh, at one point he put, up, he put four of them up that you hear on the record. We're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. We're like, oh, I we were just like, worked out. yeah, he just put them up. And, and I think he, he didn't, he had them all, he wasn't doing any mutes. And we're like, that sounds really cool. 
So yeah, it ended up happening. It kind of it reminded me of Tony Iommi a bit, like those layered leads and stuff. It was, yeah, I was digging that. I still dig it. Yeah, and no slight to Don Fury, but this record does sound bigger. It sounds. Think, uh, I, yeah, Don it sounds, Fury, I think. Well, first of all, the uh, his his studio was sixteen was like half inch tape or something. Right. And he had a yeah. lot of kind of junky outboard gear that would really degrade the signal. So the more things he would run it through, the it, it, probably the tape actually doesn't sound that bad, but he had not the greatest uh, you know, studio gear. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, the uh, West Beach had much nicer equipment. And then the one, Ignorus had the nicest equipment of those old records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Um, so I had a question lyric wise for Richie for, um, for I'll be damned. I don't, I read your interview with Norm in the antimatter zine. You were talking about a fist fight that you got into with someone being a, um, sexist asshole to someone that you were dating. Was that song inspired by that? No, it was, it was really kind of, um, it was just a, a cumulative effect, uh, sort of life had on me just watching you know things that happened to my sister or women I was friends with or just uh just you know realizing what it's like or or you know I, I could never know myself but just seeing and imagining what it must be like for so many women to walk through this gauntlet of of leering you know uh men just sort of either you know objectifying them or or you know, in, in other ways, kind of, uh, you know, behaving like predators. And, you know, th there, there were other incidents or incidents where I, I remember once, uh, you know, coming to the, to help my sister who was being sort of, uh, bothered in a, in a, in a really degrading, horrible way by some central park, um, you know, friends who, who, who've been raped. I just, uh, I don't know. It's just something that always really pissed me off, and it was never really in the in the conversation. Not not nearly enough. You know, there were things like not just boys fun stuff, which is great, but I feel like just the the disparity between the sexes and the way that women were treated in in this you know this uh, democratic republic of ours is uh, it's really just not cool and and. Uh, it just didn't seem right that in the 20th century, um, women were still treated this way. It's it funny. I actually, I thought, I thought of that again, watching, I don't know if you guys watched the, the Britney Spears, uh, yeah. New York times presents thing, yeah. but, but when, so when you see the way Ed McMahon treats that little girl, right. And you, you see the d disgusting things that he says to that little girl, um, it's that kind of thing. And I was even aware of that at that age, you know, when I was, when I was 10, I, I saw the way that men treated uh, little girls and, and the way that men treated women. It just, uh, it's something that always didn't sit well with me. And, uh, so it wasn't just one incident. This uh, song lyrically to me has the same kind of feel almost as a, a band that the three of us hosts here love, uh, Fugazi Suggestion, where it's almost yeah. like you're kind of like, writing from that viewpoint of, you know, uh, uh, being a woman and how, how difficult it is, um, must be to be scrutinized. Like you said, walking down the street. Right. Um, and I always thought into another had this 
really one of the things I love is it has this feminine energy to it, um, which is awesome, I think. Um, and uh, this song. What's that? <laughs> I think I think I supplied most of that feminine. Yeah, you, you <laughs> put in a good dose. I don't know, man. That, oh, only outwardly, you know, only outwardly. <laughs> that break down the walls <laughs> picture of you is pretty masculine. That, I mean, well, yeah, that was yeah, you. that was Sorry into another, yeah, hence the into another. Sorry, go ahead. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I think that song was so really ahead of its time, and um, and even like it today you know even the things that happened in the news in the last couple of years are are still like opening your opens my eyes to what we accepted for our whole lives and you know not not that everything uh is is in that uh, category but anyway this this song and then that that ungodly song i thought lyrically were just like kind of ahead of uh, uh, issues brought up by into another before you know they were really <laughs> in the mainstream media yeah, yeah. I agree. ungodly is still uh, taboo in, in the uh, general public i would say yeah. Yeah. is it i think now there's movies about it right even sure so. and and, and, and yeah. just to be uh you know, that, that song is it's about more than sort of clergy you know uh victimizing children it, it's it's really about the, the the perils of uh of of organized thought and religion and, and how the people in, you know people can use the power they gain within those religions or organizations or, or cults or mass movements and uh and can do some really awful things with that power and, and brutalize young people brutalizing young people is one of the and while we're on uh the topic of lyrics uh without a medium as jason referenced the antimatter interview with uh, norman brannon and is that whole song is it completely autobiographical like did you know every single one of the those people in without a medium yeah, yeah, very much. The song was about a, a very close friend who who died. Um, I referenced my friends Noah and and, and Frankie and uh, and Zach. Yes, uh, they were all they were all people in my life. And that was about a friend of mine who died at age twenty two. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing made up in that song. And did you talk to those people? before or after and say hey like i put you guys in this in this song and this is what it's about and and how kind of the the catharsis that might have got along with that yeah so what 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 happened was the um the the morning that i found out my friend had died and he had died in the wee hours of that morning i actually went to my friend zach's house my friend zach told me i was just you know kind of losing it and crying and then i i um i took out a piece of paper and basically wrote that poem and um and then not long after i i i told each of those people you know i just kind of wrote this thing about jesse and and your names are in and i i i think i want to sing it over this this music at some point yeah i did i let them know that i think that same day 
So is that the four Jesse in the first LP? Uh, yeah. The, okay. Yeah. That, that, yeah. And did we, did we actually write that song for like most into another songs? We would write music and uh, Richie would apply lyrics. But I think that song we might have. Did we actually write the music around the lyrical yeah. idea there? Yeah. Well, that have. that uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that song was kind of lyrics first, and uh, yeah, music after the the, the phrasing yeah. of the poem dictated kind of the, the phrasing. Of the music. Right, I think that was probably the last song we worked on before. before well, so I remember yeah, even right like here. I think it was yeah. like you guys had the like uh, suggestion to do like the like, like you saying Richie with like the meter of of like the lyrics, so like those uh, those stuff was was uh, put on like later. Like in the very end, I remember going through that in the studio and coming up with some of that stuff. This record, I was actually going to ask Jordan, um, as far as the ones Revelation did, well, apart from Seamless, which we talked about, this one's like hard to find. You guys ever going to uh, put it back in? Like this was the last one I heard even because when yeah. I was buying st CDs back in the 90s, it was even hard to find. Is it really? I haven't I haven't checked Discogs, but I had a I had to pay half. I mean, this was a while back, but a, a half decent price to get this on Discogs. Yeah, we've been talking about it actually, uh, uh, particularly Drew and I were talking about whether to add the um, that last seven inch that that they did on Revelation. Right. Three to, to that to kind of make it uh, a little bit um, different, right? Oh, yeah. A little more um, poison fingers, herbivore. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, gonna get its own episode. Though. And uh, <laughs> what else? All the way, rider. Yeah, all the way. No. Yeah. That was, was, the, uh, that, that was, that was like that was, to be free. Sorry, to be yeah, to be, to be free. free. Yeah, from uh, B sides from a later era, if if all that works out. But we'll, we'll, yeah, anyway, that's sort of in the planning stages still. Right, be great yeah, though. Here, as you know, but I love I love twelve inch EPs. So it's like, like yeah, forty five RPM. I just wish we had better masters. Was that thing done on ADAT? Does anyone did, did that get covered yet? Yeah, I, I think when I talked to you a little while ago, you you didn't you didn't have possession of the multi-track, right? Yeah, I feel like the, both of those first two uh, records were mixed down to ADAT. I think Don was mixed yeah. down to we recorded. I think the first to, to the tape. album was done on on analog tape. I'm pretty sure. Dude, we we mixed down. Don Fury's. Uh, oh, that is different than ADAT. Is a multi-track like video cassette format yes. that someone had later but i think yeah we've done at west beach richie yeah. um i don't oh, pretty uh, good. anyway yeah i don't remember yeah i don't know if it was recorded to, to a but yeah a, a that's multi-track and then gat cassettes were like a mixed down format that replaced quarter inch or half inch yeah anyway we don't have the multi-track on that unfortunately because that would be fun to uh revisit yeah right our, all of our records are all of our albums and eps are like uh the film yeah. london after midnight the the you know the, the master is forever lost <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we're like scenes cut out yeah <laughs> I, think, I, think I was glad to get a copy at least and uh, cool. and, and probably the first record uh the reels for those got to transfer right. those soon 
Yeah, it would be good to get some of this stuff out again. I mean, I don't, you know, I think the hardest one obviously is going to be seamless to try to get that because I don't know that we'll ever get that back, but I'm thinking about soon who to talk to, maybe try to find someone. That can- yeah, we've, I've mm-hmm. tried to, anyway, we, I think time needs to pass and we, we've got to get to a different era uh, of management over there because they, they just have been ignoring uh, any communications that, that we've made, but maybe in a couple of years we can try again or, or, or if we have somebody we know with uh, a little bit more clout can, can talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, Let's make it happen. Let's put this into the ether. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Anyone Just that think knows good thoughts about it. I would get the, get that seamless record. Cause uh, that's a crime that that's not available for everybody. And actually, technically yeah. the, the rights to it have reverted back right? to us. Oh, so we just, that's yours. Then. Yeah. Yeah, twenty five years, right? Yeah, we got. I got to. Uh, it was twenty. I, I got. Oh. I got to make the. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna call. Uh, I'm gonna call my lawyer tomorrow. Hey, Richie, oh, what did your mom think see. about Into Another? Having been someone that w- wrote musicals. She uh, she was a big fan actually. So, you know, but, but I have the, the type of mother who you know is always right. uh, just incredibly loving and accepting of uh, everything I did. Sort of the polar opposite of my father, but. Uh, she yeah she she was a fan she um she she came to a few shows and and uh, yeah she was into it. That's awesome. Still so, fun. so for the for the artwork for the record, you have this awesome black and white photos where everyone. I got to go on record. Looks cool as shit. And is that, yeah. th- that's uh is that the same? Uh, I think Parmananda Porcel called uh, the photographer Ray Lego Lego. Yeah. Is that the same person that took the photo for the uh, Ray and Porcel seven inch? Yeah. 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 It, it okay. was, yeah. it, it, it uh, I don't know what was first, but yeah, he did, he did this and he did uh, stuff for us for um, seamless as well. And it's just like the, the the poster that we had for the first record, for lack of a better world, poster was uh, Ray Lego. Oh my oh, god! Wow. I forgot to ask on that episode, Dan yeah. Senna, who is uh, a, a musician from here, he once told me that it's not called self-titled, that it's called for lack yeah. of a better world. Is that true? Yeah. No. <laughs> Come on! It's, a, it's, it's not. It's, it's, that's just that. That's just a. It's a, that's a song title on a poster. That's also and it's on the poster, the promo. Poster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I could see how he would get confused. Right. Okay. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> Myth busted. Are you ever considering that as a record title? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. No. But um, I don't remember no. even talking about a record title. Yeah, I think it was just supposed to be that. The, it was just uh, a poster title for lack. Okay, nice. A better world. It was about a uh, futuristic uh, leader of, of another planet who rode on robot whales. Exactly. Ah. Uh, it's about Forlack the Elder, but that's for another episode. <laughs> okay. Really um, Truth, Truth, Truth said it was about Forlack the Younger in another interview. I was wrong. It was Forlack the Elder. Yes, Forlack the Elder. I misspoke. And so, Drew, what do you remember about the? The, the photos about when yeah, they were taken about um, and about the outfit uh <laughs> dude the outfit's awesome the outfit's, dude, everyone's outfit looks tight i can't pull that off but i don't know i was on something uh, <laughs> <laughs> or something and had a really good time it was fun i i uh I, I I think as well as doing the music, I thought it was a way to just be expressive yeah. and um, 
give a little bit more depth to the the music, a little more dimension through look. And I was like, hey, if if this looks maybe a certain way, it might be more intriguing to pick this up and be like, oh, what's this sound like? Um, and uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I like getting clothes and and wearing clothes. I actually didn't like. We talked, I think, in the in the last episode about you know the band not having a cohesive look, but to mm-hmm. me, it, oh, dude, it does have a cohesive yeah, look. Like every yeah, everything to me fit together perfectly. Like, yeah, you got two guys with long hair, and you know, two guys without long hair. But to me, everything yeah. still held together as a unit, and everyone looks so pretty. <laughs> Yeah, like you guys looked. You guys looked cool. Like yes, it was very. Like I like yo. to wear. I, I like to wear pajamas because I'm a creature of the night. I'll yeah. just. I, I got a T-shirt with that with that cover on there. That's how sick that looks. It's just classic. So, so for the back cover photo, Peter, you took that photo. What can you tell us about that? Uh, it's it, it. It was at the top of a. Uh, inside a, a pyramid in mexico i think in oh. chichen itza uh that was just intriguing yeah that's <laughs> nice an imprisoned an imprisoned deity imprisoned yeah. deity that's right and, richie have you noticed that that's an aesthetic that people try to now recreate you know that have, 90s look is something that's popular again now i have not noticed that no okay. I, i'm uh, purposefully out of the loop <laughs> <laughs> I've divorced myself from the zeitgeist. All right, fair. fair and enough. did you do this layout then? The whole on the on the Rev Mac, Richie. Um, <clears throat> on on one Mac or another, I, uh-huh. I think that yeah, I think the only album I laid out on my own Mac was Seamus. So, um, yeah, probably and the Rev Mac. Who did the lettering for the Into Another logo? <laughs> Uh, the, the, that that old one was. Yeah. Tra- uh, I, I I traced the typeface uh, Palatino, um, like book weight, but I I, I traced it um, with like a very blunted uh, pencil and then kind of. Uh, yeah, we we printed out like a a big one for you, and then you like. <laughs> yeah, I traced it. it and yeah, I wrote over it. And then I, I I smudged it like basically sharpened pencils and broke the tips and kind of you know, used blunted pencils, then kind of smudge it, then scanned it at like 3,200 DPI so we could have a vector version of it. Yeah, it almost looks yeah. like a woodcut. It's, mm-hmm. it, it does look like a combination of lettering and, and uh, typeface. So that's, that's cool to hear. Yeah. You know, again, th- we, we talk a lot on this uh, podcast about the ingenuity that had to be put in, especially on the early records with actual physical tools so it's cool to see that that's still carried into, even though you guys had access, that's, you know, in some aspect to computers, you were still doing stuff by hand. Yeah, I mean, there was, it was, there was always that marriage of, of uh, you know, the digital and analog. We, we got really into, like,
You know, I don't remember the first time I heard Creepy EP. Like, I can very specifically remember the first time that I heard Ignore Us. The first time I remember it very vividly. I don't remember the first time I heard Creepy EP, though. Same. Yeah. It's it's the one I probably... uh, No. It is the one I heard last. I got Ignore Us first, then maybe even Seamless and Self-Titled and the herbivore seven inch. And then this was by the time I got into, into another was they had just broken up, I think 97. And I think creepy EP was already hard to find. I could be yeah. wrong, but I had a CD they, of it. In they the, broke up in, in 97, case. 97 or 98. Yeah. Cause oh, I saw oh. underdog, uh, do the reunions in, um, 99, 98. They, they played. I was. I was when I was a started senior year of high school, mm-hmm. and I remember then being like, "I wonder if, if into another will get back together." Interesting. Yeah. So this it's a great record. Though. I love. I, I love the uh, the creepy EP, but I just I didn't hear it until later. Like yeah, I remember first. I think consuming it on the slipcase CD. Um. Uh, currently, I I don't think that I have it on vinyl. Currently, I only have it on cassette. And it's two songs per side. Oh, no, it's all four songs on each side. Program okay. Does it repeat? Program repeats. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I mean, think- as someone who owns a tape-based label, that's the way that it should be. That's the way I always do it. Like, I, uh, Contraband just did the Raid 1989 <laughs> demo on cassette, and it's program repeats on both sides. Like, you should just do it. Like, Slayer, Rain, and Blood was like that on tape. It's just oh, like... Oh, yeah. Because it's flipped. twenty. It's like 27... It's like a Count Me Out LP. Yeah. It's like 27 <laughs> minutes long, the whole thing. Well, um, Creepy EP, I love it. I think that... You know, I've talked... There's a lot of people that that's their favorite into another record. Yeah, I think it's... Mm. I don't want to say it's mine, but it might be. It's up there. It's I like not the my favorite, but I love it. I love it. I, but, it's got a little more... It's got a little more underdog to it. And I know that that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't that makes see that. it better. Don't you don't see it, see it and you yeah. don't hear it in Richie's vocals a little I bit more. I don't. Well, you got to understand too. I didn't grow up listening to Underdog because uh, I bought okay. I bought the the seven inch, you know, with like the drawing on the cover. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. bought it when I was young because I was like, oh, this is expensive. It must be rare. It's got to be good. I, I see the pictures in fanzines or whatever. Bought it. Yeah. Didn't enjoy it at the time. I wasn't ready for it. Okay. And so Fair then. Enough. After that, I just re- didn't really pay attention until maybe a couple, like three years ago, I revisited the demos. Okay, record, coming up. And I really liked that record, uh, mostly because of the reggae influence. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm actually uh, very excited to get to talk about Underdog. I'm a person that since... I'm not going to get, well, we'll talk about it more, but I was going to say, I, I actually really love the LP, even though the recording is kind of wild um, mm-hmm. with Chuck Treese, you know, Philly representing on, yeah. uh, on guitar. You know, you um, always say that. And I never, associ- I literally never associated Chuck Treese with Philadelphia until I met you. I always oh, damn. associated him with Southern California because uh, he played in pressure, I think with Sean Mutaki. I don't know if you remember, they put out a couple of seven inches. He did a, the band with uh, God, with, not right? God Forgot, um, Voice Box with Voice Dan Voice Box o. with Dan O. And then okay. uh, my dude, Justin McMahon, uh, who you guys know from Facebook, he played drums in a uh, band called Excessive Force. 
Okay. And Chuck Treese was his drum instructor when he was like nine years old or something like that. He had no idea who he was. His parents just got him drum lessons and it just happened to be Chuck Treese. Oh, wow. I think that's he, the story. Justin, I, I'm sorry if I fucked up your story. Yeah, correct you us. Me. Yeah, but Chuck, so, Chuck um, he, I know he did, well, he came up in Philly. You know, McRad is a Philly mm-hmm. band. Um, uh Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he also played an Insight for a tour. Uh-huh. I knew that Remember? too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so he's just he knows worldwide. where their mic is. He's Yo, worldwide. Hav, you ever see the public domain video? The Powell oh, yeah. video? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's McRad playing in that killer part where it's like Ray Barbie, Chet Thomas, uh-huh. and uh, oh my god, I can't remember who else is in there. I don't remember. Steve Size. Mm. Okay. Yeah, anyway, you know, uh, I uh, Bones Brigade was not really my shit. Of course, when you're really young and discovering skateboarding, it's the most for us. It was the most prevalent, right? It was the biggest yeah, company. That's what exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, but then I pretty quickly sought kind of the more grungy and dirty alpha side. Yeah. Alva, even more like, alpha? uh, a one meets, um, yeah. uh, even like Santa Cruz, I felt like was a little bit dirtier than, uh, than Powell. And okay. then of course, blind and world industries. Those were like, uh, yes, this is, these guys are fucked up. They're funny. Yeah. It's weird. And that's more of like what I gravitated towards. You see the Steve Rocco documentary, The Man Who oh, Sold the yeah. World? Oh, yeah. Did you really see the good. fucking um, Big Brother documentary? I did. I did. Oh, that... that Also good. Yeah, that um, that era was... Like, I have super fun memories of skateboarding in that era. Like, 92 to 95, you know? Kind of yeah. when it's really shifted away from punk into more of, like, hip-hop style. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember that, too. But uh, anyway, yeah, into another creepy ep um this is probably one of the ones that i reach for the least in the into another catalog um if i'm gonna put if i'm in my car i actually have finally have every uh into another record on my ipod so that i can listen to everything including a couple of live sets and uh on the new ipod on the new uh my wife for my birthday she gave me a sixth generation ipod touch and um it's been it's been nice to be able to listen to music in the car and the reason why i do ipod instead of streaming is because there's music that's just not on streaming and i want to listen i want to be able to listen to fucking green rage or uh seamless yeah exactly seamless right it's not on streaming i know that's that's like one of the great crimes and yeah, somebody there's there's got to be a way like and we we touched on it i don't know if it was in the interview or not um but we did touch on it with them like seaweed's record that came out on the same label at the same time is on streaming so it's not impossible to get it up there but hopefully we can because uh it's great I'll, I'll edit this, but Jordan Cooper is in the waiting room. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I told him to come in. Yeah. Oh, oh you, uh, and you sent the email. Two people in the waiting room. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, Jason, why don't you tell Yo. us, tell everybody what we got uh, for the next episode. Uh, next time, we are going to be talking to about... 
the ice burn <laughs> <laughs> the ice burn double lp and you know what we will find out hopefully we'll talk to someone from iceburn and find out how to pronounce it yes, yes. so Number one question awesome thanks for tuning in um those of you who don't like to listen to an hour of our chatter, you got your you got your blessing on this episode, and uh, I don't know. Worst we'll, episode ever, <laughs> shortest episode <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right, we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. What's up, everybody? This is Javier from the Where It Went podcast. Just wanted to give a special bit of bow to our top tier patrons. Billy Tunnell, Bram Hubble, Brandon Gavell, Brian Skiffington, Brooklyn, Cesar Falcon, Chad Keplinger, David Palmer, Dirk Focused, G. Jason Head, Greg Jackson, John Cowell, Dollar Slice Bootlegs, Quiet Keith, Logan Weasel, Nate of Head to Wall Fame, O'Neill, The Horse Fucker, Siren Records, Rob Moran, and Tim Shear. If you're interested in helping us out, head over to www.whereitwentpodcast.com and get more information. Bit of both.